Blog Talk Radio. It's November 17, 2019. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown, and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Working for a Living Radio Show is a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters and is syndicated on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, and you may also follow us on Twitter. Okay, let me bring on our brother Jeff. Hi, hi Jeff, how are you doing? I'm good, Leroy. How are you? Oh, we're doing all right. Uh, been awfully busy this past few uh, a few days and last week, and uh, today it seemed nonstop. The phone and uh, things just going on. You know, people uh, have been going to these meetings, and I'm getting reports from the meetings, uh, and it's interesting to say the least. I hope that. Uh, um, they don't get harmed as we might have indicated. So we'll we'll see. All we can do is caution people and look out for their interest as required by Article 41, Section 2. By the way, somebody was just uh, accused of not doing that and found guilty of it at a local union. Ah. Interesting. Yeah, so, can't do that to us now, can they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what they're going to do about people that actually put them in harm's way. <laughs> yeah, they ought to pay attention to what's going around the whole union, not just the you know the little um, microcosm that they live in. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, really. Uh, so, how'd your week go? Oh, you went pretty good. It got colder at the beginning of the week. On Monday, it snowed here. We got a few inches, but uh, I see the sun melted some of it away today. My week was pretty good. How was yours? It's busy, real busy. I uh, I was out in the snow day of and the day after. uh, I got a friend that's uh, in distress. Uh, to say the least, him and his spouse, and um, doing my best to assist. Uh, so I am required from time to time just to uh, go help, and that's uh, that's a challenge in and of itself uh, to get through the weather, get to their location and assist them uh, in many ways. As you might imagine, I, I do uh, pretty well at helping uh now, when the system seems to be failing and everybody around them seems to be failing, uh, it's people like me that go uh, and understand. One, first of all, you have to understand community services in order to be able to even do this. Uh, and I did it uh, for a living uh, for a good long while. And uh, so I built a fire under a couple different entities, and all of a sudden, 
within about 16, 17 hours. They came to life and everything smoothed out and they got what they needed. So uh, I'm sure some folks didn't like me building a fire under them, though, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> even one of the attorneys involved said, "You know, you you really got a lot of attention." I said, "It's my job. It's what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I play my my role very well." Uh, so, and uh, they asked me what my background was, and I said, "Well, I just." been trained in such matters, don't worry about it. So I I help not just my friends, but people sometimes I barely know or just met. And that is happening. And I'm kind of sad about uh, somebody uh, being found guilty with some of the things that uh, were done to them. It's, you know, I saw a meme here a while back. There's a whole lot of people mad at me, but you know, things they did that are, that they actually did. Uh, so that's what it is. Uh, what else this week? Of course, there's quite a bit of news, and we'll get into that. Of course, you know, the UAW is right at the top of the list for everybody, maybe <laughs> second only to impeachment, right? Good Lord. Yeah. It's kind of sad, Joe. So, anything, else on, anything else on your end? Any any uh, talk about such stuff is uh, going on in our union or out in the community? No, not that I know of. Um, there's just a lot of people voted, but I think they voted the wrong way for the vote agreement. Um, but um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, well, uh, that was part of the appeal uh, about a process for ratification because we were led to believe by an insider at Solidarity House, and somewhere I have that uh, that, uh, audio captured, and I was under the impression that there were some real discrepancies and what the vote was reported and what it actually might have been. So when yeah. I see this come in, I'm not sure the people voted wrong. Okay. It might be about tabulation. Could be. Yeah, I, I agree with you no, on there's, that. There's not a process. It's an opinion, but there's not a process. And we've been told as much. Uh-huh. Year, you know, four years ago, in particular yep. about the FCA, because in the, F, the second FCA vote wasn't even done in the plan. It was all, all the ballots were pulled into uh, Detroit and counted in Detroit, ah. as you may recall. Yep. So, anyhow, so we'll, you know, we'll just bide our time and keep appealing every time they do this uh, without a proper. Uh, process in place, and they've been, been admonished no less than four times by the uh, Public Review Board. Yeah. So, yep. anyhow, uh, uh, we've got a, a few announcements. I don't see 
Uh, we might have a guest uh, that we haven't heard from. He's, uh, com uh, he's a community activist in the uh, uh, UAW and in the Lansing area, uh, and he's, he's uh, quite a fine gentleman and brother. Uh, we're happy to know him. I uh, see him around time from time to time. I saw him just last night, as a matter of fact, and invited him. He's, uh, he's going to be homeless for a week. Uh, just because he's gonna not live in a in a home or a house or apartment or hotel, he's just gonna live on the street for a week and make a point of that. And uh, he's doing a lot of work for the homeless, so I'm guessing that he is uh, attempting to bring attention to his group. And I was hoping he'd come on and talk about it uh, because. Uh, you know, they always need, you know, a little support. I do when I can, uh, but I'm one person. You know, we get the message out to a greater, you know, global audience. Uh, maybe he could get a little more help. So we don't know. I don't see him here yet. I send him the information. But he might have already went underground, if you will, uh, by the time I got it to him early this morning. Uh, yeah, yesterday... Well, before we get into the rest of the show, I spent about 11 hours helping a community organization that I am affiliated with. I started at 5 o'clock in the morning and went to uh, 4 in the afternoon straight through. Uh, of course, the phone rang a few times and some uh, caused, you know, to type some responses on, on the computer and things, but for the most part, steady working for 11 solid hours for this organization. Uh, and I do it selflessly, and most of the time you wouldn't even know I was doing it, except that I, that's, you know, 11-hour block of time for, for the community that I did. Uh, and it's for good causes. Uh, this year it's for veterans, uh, and they typically donate uh, all the proceeds from this event to uh, organizations that help those less fortunate. So we do a lot of that kind of work in the community still, and I'm uh, pleased to be able to do that for this community and whenever I can for other places as well. And I work in concert with some very, very good people, well-meaning and just caring people, and I, I like uh, being with them. So when Michigan State was playing U of M, during that whole time, I was working, Jeff, so I didn't pay attention to the game. Because I had to work that one in a little bit the hard way. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> so they had pretty good they didn't have my support as watching or listening. <laughs> like that matters. <laughs> Last week, I didn't get the chance to sit through the third quarter a little bit while I was having a hamburger at a little uh, place and a diet pop. And I, uh, I was sitting there and I said, well, it looks like they're going to, you know, lose this one. They're going to mess around and lose this one, I think is what I said. And some people heard my name and, uh, you know, I don't know, they seem to gather close around 
And when I got up to leave, you know, the one guy stood up. I don't know what he was going to prove. He was two seats down, looked at me, and he decided to sit back down. He never said a word. It was kind of interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I am that guy, too, sometimes. But I uh, I saw the quarterback missing people by 10, 12 feet when he was throwing a ball, and I'm going, you, you, you can't win a game when you're not even close with to your receiver. Right. So over and over and over. A week ago, again, I can't res- respond or talk to this week. So, But that's just the way the ball, the mop flops, so. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, it's been busy. We're a little late getting on the show tonight because uh, just finishing up some some stuff. Uh, and I hate to do that, but you know I was interrupted a lot the last hour uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, and when you respond to the people like that, and you're putting the finishing touches on on what needs to be done uh, to put this show on. Uh, and you know it's it's manifest. You get all these every week uh, in our our little crib sheet, and then we talk off off uh, top of our head most of the time. But uh, we do have some sort of guideline with this, and you know putting it together and and sure we have some sense of it all. Uh, it takes some time, and of course building the show out in the, the uh, uh, four different areas that it needs to be done at. Uh, is um, quite the chore it, it itself because uh, there's two, just so everybody knows, there's two Word documents that go with the show. There's the the, the uh, dot com that we post a sh- the uh, show on every week, and then there's the uh, uh, actual hosting company that we have to go ahead and and put the show on it and. Uh, get it all coordinated, get links from one another and back and forth and make sure they're all in the right place for everything. Uh, and that's not complaining about it, just give you an idea. There's a lot of work that goes into this, uh, at least four different uh, documents and two online uh, back-end, uh, not, you, not the stuff you see, but the backside of it all, uh, You know the codes that go into such things and that that you have to have to do it properly. And that takes some time. And when you're getting interrupted and stuff, that's a little, little, you know, I I never complain too much about it, but it's uh, just one of those things. That's why we ran three and a half minutes late today. So anyhow, uh, having said all of that, I don't see, I was kind of stalling to see if our friend was going to come in because he was supposed to come in a few minutes ago. Uh, And I don't see him here in the switchboard threefold. And I told him how to get recognized, so I don't see him here. Uh, having said that, uh, let's move on, Jeff. And you want to uh, let's uh, take the uh, first uh, email or the announcements there. Brother, you want to do that? Okay. Lordstown Motors held a press conference to discuss credential. That's Pretty good for the Lordstown people. Right, the Youngstown people and those that are left there, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Announcement two, Rory Gamble worried about being put into receivership where they'd lose their 200000 or $150,000 uh, 
jobs, <coughs> has announced reforms for the UAW. And we've seen Reform 101, Reform 201, and now it's Reform 301 in the last three uh, leadership teams in as many years, the last three years. So it's rather interesting. We'll talk a little bit about that because Daniel Howes, former writer in the Detroit area, wrote a very fine opinion about that today. So we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, go ahead, Jeff, on the third. Uh, number three, Ford ratifies the agreement. Uh, I still think there's one plant that hasn't uh, been, uh, been uh, released their votes yet. But like you said, uh, things happen on election right. days. And who's counting? Right? Exactly. Isn't that a lot? What would it be? What would it be without corruption every now and then? Um. <laughs> Brother Danget used to talk about, he'd brag about, I know at least three ways to, to get, uh, skew an election, you know. Oh, any, yeah. Any time. <laughs> he used yeah. to brag about right on the air on the other show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You got to kick out. Yeah. Uh, in many ways, I miss him and, and, and uh, I certainly appreciate all that he imparted on me. Uh, so, but uh, now it's for number four, what we just talked about a little bit. Daniel Howes writes an opinion about the UAW that about the UAW has lost its way, and reforms are not enough. So, and we'll get into that in my report. Okay, uh, Jeff, you want to take a message? Let's see if we got anybody else in here. Not our friend, for sure. Uh, okay, take the, uh, the first email. Sure. Thanks for all working living does. There are a lot of people pulling for success. Name withheld. And uh, you're welcome. And thank you for the input. Uh, it does mean a lot to us. We heard that from a lot of people this past week. Uh, I, I can't tell you. I, I, I'll bet you 50 people that I interacted with throughout the week sent these well wishes, including some people that I just introduced myself on the street to, and they had heard about what we are doing, and they told us we said that uh, me told us and told me that uh, they uh, wished us the very best in success. I want to thank all of those people very, very much. Thank you very much. And so uh, the, the uh, next email, and I didn't get to all of them, but these are the two that kind of seem to highlight. But look, again, there were a lot uh, for the number one, so I kind of melted those down. Uh, to to that regard. Uh, Emails, Leroy, you mentioned Richard Dangent. What was the reason that he would not just help anyone? Well, if you didn't know Richard Dangent, you missed out. 
Richard was a very, very complicated person. He enjoyed power and control, but argued against it at the same time. Think about that first, that dichotomy there. People liked him or hated him. He was somebody that was once introduced as the most impossible human being on the planet, and he goes through people like he goes through water. And those are the things that come to mind about who Richard Dangent was. Extraordinarily intelligent, well-spoken. I met him back in 1995 at the GM National Pell in Boston. And it was the same day that General Motors sold... IT portion of its uh, company. That was, I think, Ross Perot owned a portion of that, and they they sold that off for sixteen billion dollars. They bought it for two from Ross, and he was livid, livid, openly expressing anger in front. Uh, management and the union and to the point where two of his international staff had to calm him down his friends Richard had a big hand in putting that whole program together him and two other fellows uh, I believe are the, the, the parties that put that together they worked with a lot of uh, folk in order to do that and brought in some uh, really, really, really sharp people, professors and some uh, others, Barry uh, uh, Bluesong was one of them. And in fact, they gave his book out in that, and I got to meet him, Barry as well. He wrote a book about Youngstown, by the way. The book was, by and large, about Youngstown and the steel mills and how labor uh, was there. So that's a little background about Richard. I mean, he the reason he got mad is he wanted to make sure that when they sold off that company that the membership would benefit by some $14 billion windfall. windfall. And, of course, not only didn't we benefit by it, it never hit the bottom line for stockholders either, or communities, etc. So you wonder where that money went. It's one of the mysteries of how they have money and then it just disappears. Corporations, not just General Motors. I want to pick on just one. They all do it. Richard was a friend of Edward Deming, personal friend of Dr. Edward Deming. Um, many of the young people don't even know who he was, but in the early 80s, he came back from Japan where he went after World War II at the behest of General MacArthur 
to go and fix Japan that we had destroyed, essentially, and fix their economy. And he went over and he did a good job. He understood how things need to work. Edward Deming was a fellow that when, and you know, this is a big, broad answer to this question because it's not an easy answer. You just don't say X and that's why because it isn't just X, that's why. Because, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, intricacies to this. So EDS was the company that Ross Perot owned, electronic data systems that General Motors bought, and then they sold it off. And so uh, Edward Deming is a fellow that wanted to talk to the top person all the time. And I, I was explaining this to somebody unrelated to the UAW this afternoon in quite a lengthy discussion about uh, not not Richard Dangen at all, but about uh, Deming himself. And Deming would only talk to the top person. And there's a reason for that. We'll get into that in a second. But once he asked that person a question, the question, if they didn't give him the right answer, just like with Danjin, if you didn't give him the right answer, Dr. Edward Deming didn't have any regard for somebody who didn't answer correctly. None. So much so that he would say, he or she, whoever he was talking to, man or woman, doesn't get it. His next word would be next. And he'd guess the next person. He would dismiss in total the person who didn't answer his question correctly. Now, there's a reason for that, like I said a second ago. First of all, he's talking to the top person in the organization. So they're supposed to be what's called self-actualized. I know most of our listeners don't understand about, and I don't want to sound condescending here because I'm not. I just, you know, it's a matter of fact that Maslow's hierarchy is not something everybody understands unless you've studied it. And Maslow's hierarchy has five levels in it from basic needs, the very bottom, and it's a pyramid structure because there's fewer and fewer people as you go up. And at the top, it's like a little capstone. And those people are called self-actualized. And this was my conversation earlier with some very educated folk, by the way, master's degrees and PhDs, where I explained that Edward Deming, when he dismissed somebody, he dismissed them as not being self-actualized. Because somebody that's self-actualized only does something by motivation of him or herself. 
and not by outside motivations. And the the only motivation that will get somebody that is truly self-actualized up off the dime and go to work is that that is in the best interest of the community at large. They only do things when it benefits the community at large for the good of everybody in the community. Not for themselves, not because they have to eat, not because some politician pats them on the back, but only because it's the right thing to do. And you hear me, and some of you from Lordstown have heard Al Ali say the same thing. And I know I gave a, a, a eulogy that's still talked about here in, the, in 2011. And I said, I don't say the name, but this person did the right thing when nobody was looking and did the right thing sometimes when it was unpopular. And those two things are only done by people who are self-actualized. That's the inverse of how you identify them, is what they do, right? Those of you, I know a few people out there working on their master's degrees and stuff like that, and some with them that are listening, and thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it. So when Deming realized, when Deming realized that somebody wasn't doing something for the interest of the general population or good of the country or or the globe, he would dismiss them out of hand. And that's why Richard Dangin wouldn't help some people. He would dismiss them out of hand. He would ask Deming's question and dismiss them out of hand. Okay. I see one of our friends just uh, just, uh, commented here. I'll get to that in just a second. I'm not sure what it is. I have to go to another tab here, and I'll respond to your comment in just a second. Uh, But uh, uh, so Richard, in his last appearance on the other radio show, said there are people out there, and this is June of 18 last week or so, June of 18, 2018. He said there are people out there doing more harm than good. He didn't say person, he said people. Richard knew the dangers of empowering people who are incapable and are not self-actualized and doing it for the greater good. And that's why he would deny certain people. When he asked me, 
inherently, he asked me the question, he, I inherently answered him correctly. And he taught me for three years. The better part of three years. Off and on. And some days as many as 13 hours and probably on average eight hours for which I am very, very grateful. But you must understand your role as a leader, like Danjin did. He understood he couldn't impart his knowledge to just anybody because it can be used in very dangerous ways. So that's the long answer to a short email. Jeff, you got any comments? No, I, I uh, have talked to Mr. Danson several times over the phone. He did like to talk. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, I taught him something that he didn't know, and that surprised me. Uh, he didn't know about the Lewis Powell memo. Um, that shocks him, you know. Now, now we know why this country is in the shape it's in now. Um, just the effect of the whole globe. But uh, he was very intelligent. Um, he lived in nowhere land. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he. I do know a little bit about the Deming's teachings um, because of what I went through um, at the plant over over my lifetime. Um, But, yeah, Danjin was a very intelligent person. Can't take that away from him. No, he knew a lot about everything. Yeah, either you love them or you hate them. (laughs) That's, That's him. And some did both, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, and yep. it, it, I know it's a dichotomy to say that, but it, some did both. So, mm-hmm. yep. I think to just everybody listening, I want to just take a second and, and thank everybody for enduring that, uh, because it's important. You know, leadership can you can become popular enough to get elected. But what you do with that is very important as well. Okay. And we're seeing that in our own union leadership at the top, IUAW, right now. Okay. That's why Danchin was so critical of him, notwithstanding he, you know, he had his own agenda at some points. Uh, but he was critical of him because, you know, he didn't like what they were doing. And he knew a little bit about what we know now, and uh, we know an awful lot about what's what's going on, and we're watching. We'll get into that a little bit more, not too much more, but we'll get into it a little bit. Um, so let's move on. Unless you got anything else, Jeff, uh, Danchin was no. interesting. And, and 
Deming isn't know. just known for how he schooled the leadership of corporations and organizations. Okay, he was also very, very uh, good at statistical process control. Okay, statistics, if you will, and uh, he brought uh, statistical process control to General Motors in particular. Uh, and to the auto industry in general in the early 80s. And that's where you see these charts today where you have a line coming through, that's your control group, and then you have two lines above or below that, and those uh, those are your standard deviations. And um, each of the corporations have uh, adopted standard deviations that are different, uh, Ford, I think, uses three. GM uses like two and a half uh, from your um, control group line. And that's typically either a 20 or a 50 uh, element control line. That doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people. But you take a sample of 20 and you say, okay, it, it, the thing that you're measuring with it, this is the average. And then you have... Uh, what's called standard deviation above it and below it, which is essentially, you know, 1%, 2%, 3% standard deviation. And th that's calculated in a funny way. You know, I'm not going to get into that right now. I can do it, you know, but it's uh, each one from the average. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you how to do it. You take your average, and then you go backwards, and then you take the difference of each one from that average, then you take those, make them a positive number, and then you get that then becomes one standard deviation once you average that over 20, uh, 20 or 50. Uh, and then, then you take uh, that and say, okay, well, we're going to do two of these or th two and a half of these or three of that. So that's the difference from the average individually and then you average that and that gives you the, what one standard deviation is depending on your con control group okay and that's used in you know stock things as well uh, 20-day moving average 12 versus 6 12 versus 20 and when they cross and all of the above there's lots and lots of little stories about that having said that uh, so let's move on, because uh, and Deming brought all of that to us. Let's move on to the definition, and I'll just say that, Jeff, and then I'll let you take the next one. This is kind of cool this week. Uh, definition for anti-labor is opposed to or hostile toward the interest and aims of labor organizations. Okay, and of course Powell was, it's Jeff just referenced, can you think of any others, Jeff? Oh, um, yeah, there's, there's several of them out there that most people may know of. Um, you got uh, all these anti-union folks out there trying to keep the union out of uh, the place, the workhouse. Um, our time, our time trying to organize um, 
Volkswagen. It was a big hostile against uh, the UAW. And the two times they tried to organize Volkswagen down Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, I've seen some of the debates on cable or on the computer. Um, they really didn't know what they were talking about, but to the audience that he had, um, you know, being in, in Tennessee, it's a right-to-work state, and not a lot of people know about unions down in Tennessee. Um, so right. Right. I mean, they did a good no. job down there at Spring Hill this time, you know, educating yes. the membership on there. So that was good. You know, but there's a lot of people that are anti-union down in Tennessee. And, and as we yeah. empower people that um, are less than the best, okay, uh, to be mm-hmm. kind, they just don't understand. And is isn't anything that says they're a bad person. They're less than the best that we have, okay? And when we empower people that go out and make decisions that give rise to criticism from these groups, I mean, there's enough going on out there. And, you know, Lord knows we've known about some of these things that people are bringing out for a year. You know, and we're we're waiting for the proper authorities to deal with it. They know it, okay? They know it, right? Because that's you know, you know, it just doesn't take tea leaves. Hard hard to read the tea leaves here, okay? They know it, or they wouldn't be raiding homes now, would they? Right. Right. It's a simple search in publicly available information. You don't even have to FOIA it, FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, they call it. And they just, you can ask for things like that uh, under Freedom of Information Act. You don't have to even do that because it is simply publicly available. And if you think for one second that they don't have somebody in that fine organization in the Department of Justice that didn't go and look, I got news for you. They have left no rock unturned, no stream uncrossed in this investigation without question. And that's why you're seeing in the, in the media what's going on. For us to add to it, in public ways, is not a good thing for labor. So we've been quiet about it. Privately, we talk about it, okay? And that's given rise to the two public uh, uh, resource officers of the UAW, public relations officers, if you will, uh, to come out and write an article say, asking them all to resign. And they're not going to do that. Their egos are too big and their paychecks are too big. But they ask them because they're quietly talking about the same things we're talking about. And when people ask me, you know, I, 
give them a cursory view with that. And there's been a few that truly good leaders that have asked me what's going on. And I've told them. Okay? I've, I've actually mentored a lot of good leaders, some of whom gone on to do really good things. And I hope they continue to do good things. You know, but for us to take that public before the authorities that undoubtedly have it, if I can find it, you damn better know they got it, okay, while I'm trained in a lot of stuff, okay, this, it, it, I mean, they have access to stuff that I don't, and they don't have to FOIA a damn thing. First of all, it's public information. And we're watching that, and we'll get into that in my report a little bit. We're going to go a little bit long, not too much tonight, just so you know. And an hour would be ideal. And I still don't see our friend, so I guess he's – I asked him if he was going to climb a tree and and, uh, <laughs> and yell and scream at people below him as they walk by. And he says, yeah, that sounds like fun, Leroy. <laughs> so, but um, – Really, if you're homeless, like, okay. Uh, anyhow, there's stories behind that, all of that. So he, uh, you know, they asked the leadership to resign because they're talking about it too, right? And they did it in public so that it wasn't just, you know, hey, you guys need to resign. They did it so everybody knew they needed to so we don't go into receivership. That's a big big worry, even by those still there. Rory Gamble said so. Worried about receivership being taken over. I think he didn't get into that technical. That's what it is. Jeff, you want to take the quote? This week's quote, you cannot do a kindness too soon, for you will never know how soon it will be too late. And that's by Ralph Waldo Waldo Emerson, very smart man. Oh, yeah. Everybody think about that. A kindness too soon for you never know how soon it'll be too late. Right? Yep. Are you, you know, <laughs> just, I mean, like last week, we said we we uh, didn't, we weren't punitive, so we didn't file a take charge you know file charges against the the two operators there were the, the and not the ones currently in the news but the one this last two three and four behind us uh we didn't take their membership we thought about it but we also thought that those two people one in prison already and i think they're both in prison now uh the one they they can't serve as a union officer for 13 years. This is by 20, uh, Title 29, USC, Section 504. All right. It, it's uh, about if you're a communist or if you've been a felon, if you've messed around with money and stuff like that, like these guys got charged with. Okay. And they have to be felonies. And they have to felony. They're in federal prison for felony. But you can't, it also goes on to say that you can't be 
um, a uh, 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 hold office. It can't be anything, you know, not just elected or appointed or uh, just any uh, agent or operative dealing with unions, not even elected, okay, for 13 years. Even if you started your own company and wanted to go out there and do something, you couldn't do it for 13 years. Okay, in the case of one of them, we're not saying names here, one of them 65 years old. And it's from the end of your sentence. So if you have a sentence of um, 15 or 18 months or however many months it was in prison and probation of five years after that or 10 years after that, then at the end of that probation starts the 13 years. So you got the 15 months whatever it was, what, however long probation, I think it was extended period of probation, at least, at least five years, I believe. At the end of that, okay, somewhere around age 71 or two, then 13 more years, 85, roughly. You know, I mean, we're living longer now. But you're not going to be doing stuff at 85 years old like you were doing them at 63 and 4. So they're pretty much done, so we made the decision not to take their, their membership. We're going to get into that a little bit about what, what just come out. So anyhow, uh, Ralph Walder, Waldo Emerson, very smart person and uh, had a lot to do uh uh, with uh, keeping our country together for a long time. You know, he's uh, very, very astute and said things like this to help foster the country that we once had. And now the states people like, and they used to call them statesmen, states people, politically correct, like Ralph Waldo Emerson, are absent, void, AWOL from the political scene today, which is very, very sad. So, uh, all right, Jeff, you want to talk about the Ford, your report? Yeah. I don't have much to say, Leroy. Um, We've been trying to educate members since um, negotiations started. Um, There was a few improvements, but I say it, it didn't go far enough. The, the, the agreement doesn't reach our goals that we wanted. Uh, maybe it's because some, the wording was wrong. Um, because as we told over and over again, halfway to full-time status, well, we heard that quite a bit during the negotiations. And well, the pathway we got isn't the pathway we wanted. We wanted to well, temporary employees hired right away, not eight years from now. Um, that, that just hurts me to no, no end. You know, we told people to look at this part of the, the language in the contracts, the end of agreements, you know, Write down what you wanted to look for and, and go find it. Um, I'm not saying everybody 
refuse to do it. We have talked about uh, earlier in the show uh, elections, how they can be rigged. And I think there was a few plants in both companies that uh, probably did rig results. Um, you know, one local that's famous for it. So, um, let's just uh, put our heads down and get to work and hopefully in four years we can make some real improvements. That's what we need to do now. And let's see what Chrysler does. Fiat Chrysler. Does they just merge with another company? At the same time negotiations started. Um, I don't know really. I just I'm really disappointed in the outcome. Um, a lot of the retirees are upset. They didn't get anything. Um, it's just just a mess. And I hope we can right. through it all. Media is not helping. The, you know, the mainstream media is not helping, Jeff, because, you know, one of them reported that uh, they were going to have the election committee conduct the elections. That's absolutely not true. I didn't see one of the reports. My, my personal observation, I didn't see one of the reports that came from the election, any election committee at the local union level in Fort. Saw a couple in GM, and that's not good or bad, because quite frankly, the local union bylaws that may or they say either one, uh, the shop committee or the election committee, uh, are simply errant because they countermand Article 50 that says the international sets that uh, policy, and it's not not uh, specified. So that's a problem with with the uh, ratification vote. So right. It's just um, very disappointing. You know, we wanted to have this temporaries made full-time years ago. They deserve to be made full-time now, not eight years from now or six years from now. Um, it's just a disgrace in how things were handled, in my view. Um, so I got to say, Leroy. Not very happy with it, but I can't vote. I'm retired, <laughs> uh, so we we'll just have to deal with it. Yeah, and and we don't know, you know, we know in the past that there's been problems counting. We don't know yes. today. Okay, but we know, you know, that people who are doing the counting have a vested interest in the outcome. There's one yes. person that was in Dearborn. Uh, he, he was a local negotiator that would not sign off on the agreement, and he was removed from uh, the, nat- the local bargaining team and sent back to be just just a committee. A committee person, one of the most powerful uh, positions in the UAW, by the way. What do you think about that, Jeff? Yeah, they're the most powerful, and they're also the um, 
first case, so when anything goes wrong, this community person is always the first to be blamed for for it. Um, it's not an easy job. It's very hard. I can tell you that. So yes, it is. Um, have you ever seen a committee person do a two grievance, two step grievance, write one to get an answer and then write another one to get the real result. Have you ever seen that, Jeff? Yes, I have. I've seen it um, about four years ago when uh, Celine, no, I'm so sorry, it wasn't Celine, it was uh, uh, one of the Ford people, Sheldon Road. They had an inexperienced uh, committee person he wrote a grievance for a friend of mine who happened who was there on a temporary basis. Um, I've seen the grievance, I read it, and he totally screwed it up. I can't believe it was that bad. He went to the first step, he, he went right ahead to the manager of HR. The second step, 30 days later, he took it again to the manager. HR and got it. Same results. He did this three times. You're supposed to start with the, the agreed person and their immediate supervisor in the Ford system. Um, but he just totally, totally screwed that grievance up so bad. Um, I don't know how he would became a committee person. It was really bad, anyway. <laughs> Embarrassing. If you want yeah, to be a I, person, I was talking a little about something else. I mean, purposely write a grievance, knowing the answer. That's what good negotiators do. They know the answer. Okay, <laughs> they know what's coming, right? And yep. then once you get that answer, then write another grievance. Okay, challenging the answer of the first grievance. <laughs> I spent about heard of that one. three hours on the phone today, and I want to let people know that some things are going to happen that are uh, very, very clever and interesting. And without tipping our hand too much, it's a two-step grievance process. Uh, yeah, yeah. Conniving again. I got it, Jeff. <laughs> I got it now. I got now, it. This isn't something that we, you know, might have had a problem with, you know, but uh, rather something that's uh, actually, you know, orchestrated. So, uh, and not in a, not in the second step level, but as a one-two punch, if you will. And yep. uh, it's going to get interesting for sure. And temporaries, just know you're going to like the outcome. Okay. Yeah. Very, very I much. got it now, Leroy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So have you seen anything like that in your career? A couple times. Not yeah. many. Yeah, there's yeah. there's some there's some, you know, examples of it. But it's rare. Yes. Okay. Sure. It's rare. So, very rare. Yeah. Wanna thank we got we just got a, a two or three people come in to the switchboard. we really thank you for coming in and uh, listening. We appreciate it a great deal. Um, and uh, we hope that you find
find value in the show, uh, and all the rest of the folks have been listening all along here. So we're right at an hour. We got a little more to go yet. So, so, uh, so the, the the Ford, you know, they they actually threatened some people. Okay, they they took one person out and said they, you know, you can't be on a bargaining team, local bargaining team anymore because you're not signing off on this. Of course, the person probably a little worried about the appeal that's floating around. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they don't want to have anything to do with writing their name to anything once they read it because they see exactly and specifically what it is and don't want anything with their signature on it because you don't know how far this could go. Now, exactly. You know, exactly. Uh, yeah, so uh, having said that, uh, I have my report ready to go, uh, and I I do want to touch on a couple things before somebody's wanting to come on, and they they said give me a couple minutes because I got something, but I'm gonna because I, I that's why I was a little uh, disengaged there for a second, Jeff. So you've had carried the ball there, appreciate it. Um, one we I got news uh, over the weekend that. And this, I don't know how public this is, but 174, 172, that one of those numbers, because I might stand corrected on the actual number, but somewhere in that uh, area, 174 does come to mind. Uh, we're told that they're not temporaries in the Lansing area. We're told they're not going to get hired. And this was supposedly part of the. Uh, the uh, understanding of the agreement. So is this in itself a breach of contract? Well, well as, it, yeah. It, yeah, as it turns out, because if you have a 30-day break of seniority, break of service, rather, because they don't have seniority, break of service, in other words, you're laid off for 30 days or on strike for 30 days, then you start back at day zero. You reset the three years, as we understand it. And because General Motors in the Lansing area is planned for at least 30 days off at the beginning of the year layoff, they reset everybody. Thanks to the strategic planning of the current international UAW and the national bargaining team, and now this is patterned, so it's going to the rest of the the uh, Detroit Three, maybe at least in two. For Ford's already ratified, right, Joe? Or yeah, so they've announced it. I'm, you know, I'm guessing that they either know the totals that haven't been with you know, put out there from the other last local or not. But yeah. uh, they, they declared victory, and probably the, the total number wasn't going to surpass the uh, the number that this small local had that I understand it was. So they're they're pretty, pretty uh, geared up and angry over this. And I don't believe it's a breach of contract because – they put it in the contract, right? They were just uh-huh. told something. 
that was incorrect. They were told to do something that was incorrect, and they got patties whacked because they listened to leaders that didn't have their interest in mind, now did they, when they did that? No. Currently. Current. People elected right now. Okay. Or appointed at the international level. Roll-on time. Okay. The other thing I want to talk about, and then we'll get into the last aspect of my report, is Lordstown Motors. Steve Burns is CEO. Put it all together. He's also, I believe, the CEO of uh, Workhorse out of Cincinnati. And Workhorse is a 10% owner, I believe, in Lordstown Motors. And we won't get into Workhorse. They've been putzing along. They're traded on the New York Stock Exchange, and they've been bouncing around a little bit. doesn't matter. They're just there. They didn't have the best track record up to now. But Steve Burns had a a, a nice uh, news conference with all the leadership of the area, political and uh, mayors and stuff like that, senators, house reps, all around him at the table. And he said that we expect this to be 5,000 employees pretty soon. We're going to start around four-something. And to my understanding that the uh, the L-34s that were left with nowhere to go when they refused voluntary and refused a forced move to another area, they chose to stay in their area. And now that the local union no longer exists because negotiations weren't affected with management, sometime after June 27th at the ratification of the General Motors National Agreement. That unit and all other units like it, if they didn't have their uh, negotiations begun, then cease to exist without, this is the language from the ratified vote agreement, cease to exist without uh, any further action by either party. Just stop. So they don't have a home to go back to now, the people that were L-34s refusing and staying in the uh, transfers and staying in the area. So now this Steve Burns said they get first bite of the apple because of their experience in making automobiles in the Lordstown area. They get first, they're going to get first opportunity. At least that's what he's saying. So the the brothers and sisters that were uh, in that status, they're still members of the UAW with return right to a local that doesn't exist. So they're going to have to make a decision one way or another regarding their General Motors situation. I guess they can. They can I guess they can. They're going to be offered an opportunity to move, but uh, one more time and maybe take a buyout if they want it. That's up to them. That's their personal choice. Uh, if they do neither, you know, I you know, I don't think that's in their best interest, but that's what they want to do. But then they'll, all, if they want to just stay and not move and take the 75 if they choose to uh, and sever all right to General Motors, uh, 
accept, you know, whatever it might be pension-wise at age 62. That's between you and the corporation. We're not going to get into that. Uh, but you would be given the first bite of the apple at Lordstown Motors. And like I said, some 400 people are going to hire right off the bat. He's already marketing to the United States by saying, we're going to build them here in the United States. We're going to try and do it uh, vertically integrated, everything in-house. We're going to ask the seat builders and everything else to come in-house, do it all in-house. Okay, that's a big, big commitment. And we're going to pay union wages out of his mouth. Now, union wages mean different things to different people. You know, here we think, you know, $60 an hour is a good union wage, right, uh, to start. Uh, I've actually been, the video that's on our uh, homepage, uh, I'm quoted saying 31 is a good start. And it is. 31 is a good start. We don't know if he's going to be in the neighborhood 31, 34, somewhere in there, or if he's, his union wages are at 22 or 23. We don't know. It's what they call weasel words, according to one of our close friends and confidant. So uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, you know, out there. More importantly, they got a head start on everybody else, didn't they? With the exception of Tesla, who's having his own problems, because he's kind of anti-union there. So if they're coming in and they want to ramp up production to the point where they're going to run three shifts, maybe 5,000 workers paying good union wages, building everything in the United States, people can point to the back of the – this is now the, the uh, endurance is the truck they're going to be building. He said that Lordstown Motors is on the back of every one of them. They can point to that Lordstown Motors because he's marketing Lordstown Motors right now. To the United States public, unlike Mary Barra, who's sending all the work overseas and just demanding that people buy her product here in the United States. Lordstown Motors has the potential to be the next General Motors. And General Motors better get their act together, Mary Barra. I'm talking to you, horrible CEO lady. Or their presence in the United States, those days would be numbered if you don't get it together and get it together quick and start saying the same things coming out of Steve Burns' mouth, building in the United States with good union wages. Kudos to Steve Burns for the moment. We'll reserve our full determination of how good you say you are for a later time, but for now, you seem to be doing pretty good. And the people around the area need to give you a chance to bring something to back to the area. The mills, you know, I talked to my friend and friends, and from, you know, I'm from there, like Roethlisberg from the public, uh, the PR director for UAW at the moment, public relations, said he's from the valley or near the valley. 
never heard of them in the valley, but you know I'm not all knowing here either, right? So, but uh, uh, you know, when the mills closed recently, as recently as maybe eight years ago, maybe people were still talking. Oh, the mills are coming back. The mills are coming back. Steel mills we're talking about. Well, they they might come back, and they are a little bit, but they're not going to come back like it was, as my friend indicates, from Cleveland to Pittsburgh, 100 miles, nothing but steel mill, and a lot of high-wage jobs. They'll be spotty, and they'll be good-paying jobs, okay, but not like it was. Well, here you got the opportunity with Lordstown Motors to get behind them, give them a shot, and say, you know, we'd like to have 5,000 jobs here. And if you're marketing to the general public in the United States already saying, you know, building here in the United States, in-house, vertically integrated, and also paying high-wage union, union wages, is something to behold in today's environment. So kudos to uh, Mr. Steve Burns. I want to call him brother because I ain't that close to him don't know much about him yet. But for what's going on right now, kudos. We The, the money behind you might be a little uh, questionable or the sources, not that it's anything bad, just who's pulling those, you know, levers in the background. Uh, so we'll reserve a little bit of, of opinion on that. We'll see, because we see some some names there that are uh, a little little questionable. As whether or not General Motors has interest in it, who knows? You know, I can tell you really briefly that there is a formula for recapture of depreciation that is very complicated that I can't get into on this radio show. If you want me to get into it with you on in private, I'm happy to do that. Yes, is the answer to that question. Um, uh, somebody just asked a question. So, uh, and uh, uh, everybody's worried about the price that it was sold for. There's a calculation out there and I, I, like I said, I'm not going to get into it now. If you want me to explain it to you in private, I've been involved in at least one other uh, very inter- involved, intricate uh, uh, dealing uh, that found its way into court, and I uh, uh, talked to the owner uh, ad nauseum about how to proceed uh, with that, and uh, he eventually uh uh, was successful in, in the, the the issue, but it dealt with recapture depreciation. So I'm not again. I'm not getting into it here on the radio. But those people that are charged with doing that for corporations, including the one that's in question, know what they're doing and they know their price point based on what their tax liability would be, and. That's as good as I can explain it at this moment. Okay, I can't get into detail about recapture depreciation. Okay, so that's the best I can do for you. 
give him a shot. Give this guy a shot, Steve Burns. You know, we we don't know, uh, you know, how it's going to end up. Give him a chance. Get behind him, and and give him a chance. At least he's coming in where General Motors left left you high and dry, right? So give him a shot. All right. So I got one more aspect of my report for now. Um, uh, Jeff, you got anything to say? Uh, you, are you going to talk about the appeal, status of the appeal? Um, oh. Ford, Ford agreement? Uh, well, uh, yeah, you know, there's an appeal out there. Uh, a lot of people have it in their hand like they wrote it. Uh, it came from the keyboard that sits in front of me. Uh, just for those of you paying attention, uh, it's 11 pages. It's comprehensive. Goes into the appeal of uh, just to review it real quick. Uh, the uh, ratification process not codified like the PRB has admonished at least four times, and the three elements of potential constitutional violations. We don't know. We've argued that they are, but other people are going to have to say whether they are or aren't, okay? Uh, and those people are in high authority with credentials. Uh, and that's, that appeal in the General Motors iteration has been submitted timely. We await action and notification by the local unions. Okay. And um, so uh, that's there. Now the Ford iteration, uh, there's been some interest in that being uh, presented. Um, I guess probably ask some of the people that are holding it up high on their own hand, ask them if they're going to rewrite it and submit it. guess not huh so uh there will be uh, an opportunity for the three people who have shown interest uh to receive that uh from this keyboard adjusted uh for a ford okay and then of course fca will if people because we asked last week if people wanted it to uh have an opportunity to have that for them, and we did get a few answers. So, yes, Ford uh, could possibly be uh, uh, have this filed in the Ford department, okay? Uh, and we'll, we'll just see uh, if these uh, people are going to go forward with it or not. Uh, I'll have it available Tuesday for them. So, And these places voted. Uh, they have to get it in within seven days of the announcement of their ratification vote at the local union level. So that's where that's at. All right. So that's kind of where the appeal's at. We have another person wanting had been wanting to get in here. So let me grab him here and, and say uh, uh, welcome to the show, brother Tom. Uh, thank you for being so patient. I know you asked for a couple of minutes there because you were doing something around the house that we don't have to get into, but uh, and nothing bad. <laughs> But I know you have something to say about Michigan and Ohio State, uh, but go ahead there, brother. Welcome to the show tonight. 
Thank you, Leroy, and uh, uh, thank you uh, for that wonderful win there over your little brother, uh, Jeff. Uh, it was a very interesting game for a while, and uh, I did catch that post you put up there. I don't think Brother Leroy had seen it, and uh, I tried to give him a warning, but I guess he didn't see it when I posted it right right after you posted your uh, – I didn't do that. So, But uh, I was, we'll, we'll, see, I was we'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah, a couple weeks we'll be there. Well, I won't be. I'll be in the house, warm and watching it on television. <laughs> but that was a good game, Jeff. They're coming together. I think they're coming together, and I hope hopefully it'll be a, a very entertaining game, a very entertaining game. And uh, Leroy, I, I just uh, wanted to uh, support uh, the uh, two grievance pro- process that uh, you were referring to that Jeff. Uh, gave an answer to but uh, I noticed that uh, brother uh, Roy Gamble already answered part of that question by saying he's uh, searching to find a and hire an ethics officer for for the international staff so I think somebody already got a glimpse of what's coming down the road here and trying to get a get ahead of the game so to speak oh you mean there's an appeal they're worried about besides the FBI <laughs> oh, he didn't come. He didn't come out and say anything about an appeal. But I mean, ethics is the FBI looking at the ethics, or are they looking at at the misuse of union funds, or are they looking at the whole ball of wax? I I know that uh, the the ethics part of this uh, has been handled by a few folks out there. But uh, uh, it was just interesting that he, he's trying to get ahead of the game when he's so far behind. I don't know if he could ever stop oversight. I mean, we're, I think the the ball was turned over to him after the ball was snapped to somebody else, and uh, I think maybe somebody's seen a little uh, action going there and figured maybe I should get out ahead of this before it even starts. So yeah, well, I don't know. He's a little late. Yeah, to put a, a hotline up, let me tell you about hotlines. I got four people, one, two, three, four, five people, that have been brought up on charges because somebody used a hotline about harassment from another from a person. So be real careful of using these hotlines because the people that are using the hotlines are being brought up for conduct unbecoming, and the union takes your membership and maybe your job from you. So I'm a little cynical lately about having members put in harm's way because of the union itself. The union itself is being used by harassers, bullies, sexual harassers, and taking membership away from good people that they harassed or bullied or retaliated against. So, Roy Gamble, good luck with your hotline. I suppose you're just looking to take membership away from people that call into the damn thing. You got a lot of work to do with our union, brother. A lot of work to straighten some shit out. And I'm quite frankly disgusted with the whole lot of you right now because of what just happened. And if you don't make it right, all hell's going to come to pay. It's coming anyhow. 
but it won't be nice if you don't try at least to fix what just occurred. Because I won't be nice. I won't be nice in this instance. Leroy, could I could I interject something here? Hey Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tom. Now what what would you have thought had Leroy been at that game instead of behind his keyboard doing good work for good people out there (laughs) at halftime of that Michigan game with that fire and brimstone coming at those players in that locker room at halftime? You would have been on the short end of the stick, Jeff. (laughs) No, I would be in bed. I I slept through the whole game. You know, well, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop calling in on this show. Every time I call in, I get them fired up, and I, I you know, I get a little nervous. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I love Young because I didn't get to be the coach that I wanted to be, right? Because that was that was <laughs> what I really wanted to do, coach. But yeah. well, you're doing a good but, job of it, whether you believe it or not. It may not be in sports, but you've helped numerous people that I know of personally that have asked me if they could call you or if they could get in touch with you. And I, I mean, too many to count on both hands. And and, and uh, believe me, coaching is just not for sports. Other other avenues are you know are, are wide open there, and you do a wonderful job with especially the younger younger members out there and uh, uh I, I i just had to get my two cents worth in when, when i started when i heard that with jeff with the uh two grievance uh process there <laughs> two-step process there <laughs> and and it, it, can't, it bared to my mind exactly what you were talking about so i just wanted to get that point in there and, oh uh, this, this, I just, this is better than you can possibly imagine Tom, yeah, this is yeah, really I, I, real stuff Oh, the, yeah, the yeah. temporaries are going to love us when we, after we. It's going to take a little while, you know, a few months. Yeah. But this is this is pretty slick, okay. And I spent about mm, two and a half to three hours today perfecting this. So, uh, you know, make, getting sure all the players are in place and and to make this little thing occur. Uh, and I think we got it. I, I really do. This yeah. is slick, and they're not going to see it coming. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, when, when it coming, there won't be no more snow out there. I guarantee you that. But it'll be a while in coming. But it's coming, and 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 he sees the uh, four corners of the box right now. I mean, he's, he's looking at all four corners, and he just don't want the lid the lid to come in on top of him yet. I mean, it, it, it's there. It's just not falling down yet. But it, yeah. it's coming. Well, it's coming. I, like a freight train. The analogy I used today was. There's a bag out there, and we kind of, you know, told everybody, don't go in the bag. You know, stay away from the bag. And all the snakes crawl down in the bag, you know, and, and Howard Schwartz talks about the snake pit. So read his book, uh, Society Against Itself, and you'll know what I'm talking about. But uh, Howard talks about the snake pit, and now they're, they crawled in the bag. Okay, and the noose, the little strings at the top, sometimes called a noose, then pulled, they've drawn the, the strings tight, and the bag is tight at the top now, so they can't even get out, because they went into the bag like they were told not to, and they did. Okay, and now they're all, the snakes are squirming around in the bag, biting each other a little bit, and... 
you know, promising a lot of stuff, and some of them are biting the side of their bag, and venom's coming out, pointed in, you know, just in odd direction, and no direction to it at all. There's no, you know, it's just being shot out there from the snake's teeth, you know, at random things, and eventually, the the little bag uh, will, you know move across the rail because there is a nice bonfire going and the bag will go across the rail and then the snakes won't be there anymore. They'll just go away. Okay? They're not going to have anything bad happen individually to them. But the analogy is that they're not going to be participating in shooting venom or participating in, in the game anymore. Because the bag's tight, it's just a matter of how long it takes for them to expire in the bag or to be sent across the bonfire. And I know this, if they allow what occurred, especially today, and what's on the wings for some other people, to go uncorrected, all hell's going to play. Well, there's no place to hide. Believe me, believe me. You can yeah, there ain't no place want. to hide. They this they, they, their name is on a piece of paper, and you can tell me whatever you want to tell me. Yeah, I put my name on that piece of paper, but I didn't vote for it. That don't mean jack shit. You put your name on there, it's a document now, and it's legally binding the rest is hearsay. And I'm no attorney by a stretch of the imagination. You can fool me once, but fool me twice. I ain't going for it. Brother Dangin used to always say, that's legal document now. You know, right? It's a legal document. You bet. It is a contract. Labor contract, nonetheless, but a contract. Yeah. Signed by some who presented it. Right. So, Ford's going to get their bite at the apple. So, anything else, Tom? You you know, you come on here to mess with me about Michigan State losing and and (laughs) Michigan (laughs) doing stuff. We're going to fight over who's going to win that one in a couple weeks, right? (laughs) Not just good people. Regardless of who wins, I just hope it's it's a good, enjoyable game. The other thing I wanted to uh, touch upon is uh, I I believe in the uh, statement that uh, Mr. Burns made was that uh, General Motors has provided him with a list of the names that people uh, that had worked assembly line and were left behind due to whatever reasons, you know, the L-34s or even the L-35s possibly. But uh, Mm – I, I believe uh, that that would be correct. And the other thing is that uh, uh, the uh, uh, credentials that I used to have, I seem to have lost them. And I can get into some doors now, but I can't get into certain ones that I'd really like to get into. So if you could forward me another set of credentials, I can get a wealth of information from these sources it says that's all I need to do is have the credentials, and they'll welcome me with open arms, and uh, we'll sit down and talk uh, about what you are searching for. So there's a lot of unknowns out there. I put them on my pages and stuff, and uh, I, I'd like to try to open some of those doors. I just need uh, a little help. Uh, no problem. Uh, we, we have the ability to do that. Uh, it's going to be in letter form, though. Okay, so 
That's fine. That's fine. Anything, anything you can provide me, I lost them. That's my fault, and I, I'm truly sorry for that. But I certainly I, could I have think had I a probably help. Probably have them. For me. Just have to, re, you know, yeah. uh, resend them to you. So, having uh, yeah. said that, we're hour and thirty-five, so we're a little long here in the tooth. We've uh, had people come and go in the switchboard. A uh, couple, and that's kind of nice. I think they might have thought we're wrapping up, not quite wrapping up yet. Uh, anything else, Tom, that's uh, going on in your week there besides you know picking on Leroy and Michigan State? No, no, just uh, just with the grandkids and their sports and uh, the banquets now. And uh, you know, I just got done with my grandson over in Medina. They they won three games, two yesterday, one today, and then they lost. They finished in fourth place, I believe, over there today. So. But uh, now it's traveling time, and and it's a lot of out-of-pocket money because they're playing almost every night of, of the week. Uh, they get about three days off during the course of the week, and then they practice. So keeps me quite busy. And uh, with that, I'll I'll just uh, uh, go to the side here and let you finish up with what you're doing. And if you can get me those credentials, I'd really like I'd really appreciate it. And uh, I think we can make some good things happen for for people that. Uh, are looking for answers to certain things that uh, people are just not providing them with. And that's what our union should be doing for these folks right now. Uh, they're still UAW members from what I understand and still in good standing. However, the corporation doesn't provide them with any, any benefits whatsoever. So, but uh, with that, I'll, I'll turn it back to you, Jeff and uh, Leroy. It's always a pleasure talking to you, you two gentlemen and, and, and listening in. Uh, I always learn something uh, and, uh, I guess that's part of the process. Once you're done learning, you're dead, I guess. So I'll talk to you two gentlemen later. <laughs> He's referring to yourself as old, and I'm just hitting second gear, brother. <laughs> we went over that earlier in this, mor- this morning, didn't we? <laughs> two, two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just getting out of I'm not even in high gear yet. I just tell you this, yeah. though. I'll fix what's going on. Yeah. These people being accused by their... Uh, brought up on charges by the the person that's harassed or bullied or beat them up. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Fellow admits the fight happening, but he had, he he uh, uh, yeah denied it throughout the trial. So <laughs> enough said about that. I'm telling you, what okay. occurred today is just you know absolutely, absolutely. Something oh, that's oh, yeah. wrong on so many levels, and I'm 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 telling you, I'm gonna take off the gloves if they can't get it fixed. They get one more shot, okay, and then all hell breaks loose, okay. Right, right, right. And, and one one other thing, let me uh, say this one thing, Leroy. I did a gl- did get a glimpse, uh, and I was fortunate enough that you showed me that. That work you're doing for that Hispanic group up there in the Lansing area, uh, or Detroit Lansing area, what a wonderful job you did for those folks. I hope they appreciate it because I know that had to take you some time to do for those folks. But, yeah, uh, there was a lot. Let me get out of here. Let me... What's that? Go ahead. I th- I, let me get out of here. I'll listen to your answer. Okay, yeah. Well, thanks for that, Tom. I mean, it's a lot of work, and I – you know, behind the scenes, even beyond what you saw, that product, work product, there's a lot more beside that. Because I send out uh, some 300 different um, emails to different people, and you got to form 
all of that up. So it's, it's, it's you know, and then snail mail too. So a lot of lot of work goes into. It. Uh, I want to talk about Daniel House. Thank you, Tom. I want to. Let me take a second. Jeff and Tom, thank you for being having the courage to be here on the show regularly. Jeff, pretty much every every week now for years, you know. And Tom, when you can, because I know you have commitments with your your grandchildren and and children and siblings, by the way. So. But uh, as you can, we we appreciate that. I appreciate it a lot. And uh, it's not just us. There are a lot of other people in the in the wings. So those that accuse us of just being a one-trick pony here, it's not. And we talk to a lot of people. Uh, we try to tell people to do the right thing. And if you're a leader out there, there's with leadership comes responsibility to guide people the correct way. And not put any, you know, the lawyers or the doctors say they take the Hippocratic oath that says first do no harm. And it's only too bad we don't have one for labor. Similar. So, uh, and if you, you know, I mean, people can justify, oh, I've did this and I've done that, and you know, we're going to hear some horror story, horror stories over this. Watch and see. Okay, some of the things have been going on. So that's. But Daniel House, first paragraph says, the most important thing to know about this new reform package is that it's the third such effort in as many years. The last two UAW presidents touted reforms, and they're now known as UAW Official A and UAW Official B in federal court papers. Now, that's a quote from him. All right. Now, in... You know, first guy, A, says there's a few bad apples, right? <laughs> and, and, yeah. <laughs> there's a few bad apples. And when when Norwood Jules stepped down, he said, uh, he, has to, he has to resign, and, and we agree. Okay, so they stepped down and they replaced him. Uh Then they backfilled at a, a regional level uh, uh, special convention at the region. We may still see the special convention at the national, given that a regional officer and a uh, form of the uh, leave of absence current vice or president uh, has been replaced by an acting president, Rory Gamble. But the one on uh, leave of absence, uh, they're going to uh, use Article 30, as is well the case for the International Union, to ask for their membership and get them out of leadership in total. And that would be the two people that are, uh, that's uh, Vance Pearson and Gary Jones. We expect that that, that Article 32 action is going to be on not enough. There are things out there, I'm going to say this, that we're watching that we know you're doing wrong. Okay? And selling cabin four ain't going to be enough to correct this. That's smoke and mirrors, all of your little hotlines and selling cabin four and taking membership away from two bad 
actors, okay, isn't enough. We know, we know what you're doing in addition to that, okay? Stop doing it. Don't pretend you got clean hands. Don't pretend you got clean hands. We know what you're doing. And we'll know when you're done doing it. We're not going to make our union look any worse by telling you on air what you're doing. But stop it. It isn't just the UAW you're making look bad. You know, House talks about the Teamsters from 30 years ago. They were put in an oversight uh, because they deemed it to be racketeering. And when it's racketeering, they can put us under what's called a receivership. And we're working hard not to have that occur. Okay? But you can't Stop that when the culture's broken. How is properly talked about? The union culture is broken and the UAW has lost its way. And then he said, you know, those who have presided over this mess can hardly fix it. And that's why I ran for president of the international. It didn't work out for a lot of reasons, some of which aren't necessarily all that nice. But we would have had the opportunity, having been successful, to go in and we know what's wrong. We could have fixed it. We're not standing here screaming about how bad you are. We want our union back and we want it fixed. All of us. Everybody is sick of this. What's going on? The culture's broken. And the people in charge can't fix it. The ones that presided over it can't fix it. They have a vested interest in it. And it isn't just us that know it. What's going on, what's bad, what's broken. Okay? The... Uh, you know, we can turn them over one at a time, and they just reload, right? Or we can try and remove them all, and I know the FBI listens to this show pretty regular. Please give us a chance 
to do this internally. Remove them all and re reset with people that are really good and care. Full transparency. Void of organizational or personal agendas that some who say they want transparent or that they are transparent. Some who say they're transparent but aren't because they have an agenda, organizational and personal. Working for a living group. Ticket, if you will. It's full of people who really care who are seasoned with many years, decades, if you will, service to our union that we love. We stand ready to assume leadership roles vacated by those that presided over. Should we be successful at removing them? We promise the general membership of our wonderful union and the rest of the unions in our nation and those international parties that we'll do the very best by our membership. Please don't put us in receivership. Give us a shot at fixing this. So, with that said, Jeff, do you have anything else to offer? No, I think you did pretty good there, Leroy. Real good. Um, you got, I see you're still here. You want to say anything? Not really. I just, uh, I'm, I'm glad I was able to come on and make sure the juices were still flowing out there, and uh, uh, apparently they are, so I'm happy with that. It's just second gear now. Not even halfway through <laughs> second gear, okay? So. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, you're, maybe you're slowing down after hitting fourth, but we're still in second gear here, okay? Partway through. I'm coasting. I'm coasting, man. <laughs> okay, so having said that, you uh, you always get an opportunity to say whatever you want at the end of the show, and then we kind of close her down here. Um, you know, I want to thank everybody who listened and got along again tonight. But a lot of things need to get said, uh, and leadership should never be taken for granted once you have it. And you always have to keep in mind what's in the best interest of the membership. And just don't say it for lip service because you got to really, really do it. Okay? So we talked a little bit about that. We talked some current events tonight. Thanks, all the listeners, for being here tonight and throughout the week as you listen. Um, thanks to our global listeners, Canada and Mexico. Mexico, get your, you know, acting gear and get those wages up so you can be a consumer country and 
you know, get down, get on the stick down there, and kick old GM's butt a little bit. Ford, GM, Chrysler, Nissan, Honda, Toyota, all of them, Mercedes, whoever's down there. If you're working for one of them, try and get more wages because you're not making enough. You mean a consumer nation? So, all of our U.S. Union and non-union listeners. All of our UAW listeners, thank you for being with us tonight. If you found value in this show, tell just one more person. Last week's show set a record. Thank you. Have fun. Stay safe in the coming week. God bless each and every one of you. Good night, listeners. Good night, Jeff and Tom. Good night, everyone. Good night, Leroy. Good night, everyone.